back to the Net Worth Podcast. I appreciate you guys for joining us. We have a lot in store to talk about today, but Skylar, we know you're doing really well right now. Yeah, it was a great game three, but can't get too high, can't get too low. Game four is really crucial. If we lose this game, the Warriors are in the driving seat still, so I think it's going to be the closest game of the series. I think it's going to go back and forth and be a lot more like game one, not two or three. Well, I agree with that for sure. But we have a lot of, to talk about today. A lot of great games. Celtic Sixers, Harden, again, coming through. Man, clutch shots, too. That that corner three, one of the game. And he was just hitting shots all game. It's it, You know, it's so the trend when he steps up, has a big game, they win. When he doesn't, they lose. And we'll see. Do you think you do it two more times? That's going to be a question for later. And we'll, can't wait to find out. Yeah. And then that Suns Nuggets series. That's just been something else. I thought that series might have been over after the two games in Denver. Next thing you know, it's evened up at 2-2 now. But I don't know. That's a that's a tough one to see. I can't really tell where that series is going to go. Yeah, game five is really going to tell me how this series ends. If Denver wins game five, I think it's going to seven. I think if Phoenix, I think that can win in seven. I think that's their path to winning. And I think if Phoenix wins game five, they win the series. I think it's that simple. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. I think... If the role players for the Suns can kind of step up like they did tonight, but if they can do that on the road, they got a shot. They got a shot. Can Sam hit these shots on the road? Because then they'll win the series. It's that simple. Yeah, and I think for Denver, obviously we know Murray and Jokic are going to kind of do their thing. I know Murray didn't play amazing tonight, but I think the Denver really needs that third guy because it doesn't like when you look at the box score here and just watching the game, there was really no one they could kind of, you know, they kick it out, whatever. Like Porter had his moments. Gordon didn't really play great. Porter just seems to me he's 6'10 and he's just a good jump shooter. He was just supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be the three, but he never really got as off the dribble game to where it was effective. It was always been really stiff and just been a catch the shoot guy. Or the dunk guy. There's nothing in between. Yeah. If he could just get up in a mid-range game and really touch up his craft here, I think he could really – he has the build to be really elite. Yeah, no, definitely. I think also, like, there was that moment. It might have been in the – yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. I forget, like, where where we were at in the game. But I remember he got posted up by DeAndre and It's like, dude, you're about – I know you're not his size. Like, he's got a little bit more to him. But, like – Dude, just on the defensive side of the ball, seems almost not existent at times. And it's for being 6'10, that's like inexcusable. Just look at Kevin Durant. He's probably an inch taller than him. About this, about they're both similar builds. Yeah. Kevin Durant is a very good defensive player. He, I mean, he gets the shots a little big. He fouls on maybe, but he plays them already. Blocks, he blocks the shots and he really goes his feet. Well, Porter really just is, it doesn't look like he's mentally engaged and he doesn't look like the effort's there because that's really defense is. If you have the effort and you're really trying to do it with that body type, he could easily be an elite. Yeah, no, absolutely. It seems like Denver, I mean, if you could throw him on a KD or something, like, this series changes drastically, but it doesn't seem like he wants to, I don't know, I don't know if, I don't want to say, like, he doesn't want to, but, like, it's, it just seems like he doesn't want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And, I mean, to kind of move on just from that point, like, I mean, when we look at this series on the Sun side, it seems like the reason why they even have a chance in this series is because of Devin Booker. He's averaging 37 points per game in this postseason. I don't know what he's averaging in this series, but it's got to be somewhere around. And on crazy efficiency. I mean, tonight he shot 78% from the field on contested jumpers. 
I mean, he's not a big guy dunking in the paint. He's not Shaq. And Shaq, this would be crazy efficiency for him. But I think Booker, I saw shooting over 60% in the playoffs or in a series. That's unbelievable. For a guy that's shooting such difficult shots, to hit them at this consistent rate, I haven't seen this in years. It's really standing out. But to me, what's really bothered me through this series for the Suns, DeAndre Ayton. He, I haven't. I, I feel like I watch him play. The only time I notice he's out there is when he has four fouls and he's in foul trouble. That's the first time I notice him in a game. It's unbelievable. He just plays so quiet, and it's it's really hard to watch. I mean, he was a minus thirteen tonight in a five point win as your starting center. The guy you picked first overall. That's unbelievable to me. I mean. Yeah, this is this. Even if they get out of this series, this will come back to bite them because they need DeAndre Aiden to be a consistent, not a star, but consistently a good player. Yeah, no, I mean, I think a part of the reason why they won this game was because of their other big man that came off the bench, Jock Landill. He was plus sixteen when he was on the court, and they were minus thirteen with DeAndre Aiden on the court. So that I don't know if that's going to continue, but it seems like when he's out there, he's given more effort. Yeah, I mean, he had a tough stretch where Jokic really, really gave him some. Yeah, but he's also going up against a two-time MVP. I don't think DeAndre Aiden could have done. I mean, the way he's been playing and the lack of defense he plays, I think they're better off with him on him than yeah. DeAndre Aiden. I mean, I think plus-minus can be a deceiving stat sometimes, so I want to be careful there because towards the end, Booker started hitting shots, and he was if he was hitting no shots on game, I think Aiden's plus and minus would be a little better. So I'm, I'm not going to – yes, he played well. But I don't think the disparity is quite as obvious. I think this is still a problem for them. And they really, maybe you should give Bismack Biombo some minutes. I think he has a better defensive energy. And he can not, not saying he take Landell out of the rotation completely, but, you know, mix up the looks for Jokic because I feel like he can get in the rhythm on Landell and he, he's proven that tonight. Yeah, I just think Bismack's a little undersized. He's only 6'8". And against a big guy like Jokic, now, he has a little bit more to him, so you might not get pushed around as much, but I think it'll just be easier for Jokic to shoot over him. And I think that's like, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to put up 50, but he's going to put up 30 pretty easily. So. That's true. That's true. This is a bad matchup for Phoenix, honestly. This is a problem area. Because it's because of Aiden. Aiden was supposed to be their guy. How Porter was for Denver, this is what Phoenix really hoping Aiden could be tough. And he has the size to do it, but he just really hasn't put it together. Yeah, they if they win this series, now depending on who they play, if it's the Lakers, they're going to have a serious problem, but obviously that's down the road. But it, this problem is going to continue for them because they're going to play a very elite big guy hey, next series potentially. Let me ask you a question. How do you see the rest of this series laying out? How do you see game five go? I think Denver's going to take game five. I don't think the role players for Phoenix is going to transfer over on the road. That altitude, I think they're just, when they get back home, game six is going to be key. And... Chris Paul might be back. It's very unlikely he's going to be there for game five as well. And he kind of gets everybody organized. And I think they win this series if Chris Paul comes back and he's himself, not prime Chris Paul that we all know and love, or some people love, let's just say. But I think if he's just what he has been on Phoenix when they've had success, like against the Clippers, and then, I mean, on Denver or against Denver in game two they maybe could have won that game if he doesn't get hurt if you look at the stats they could have won that game but we'll see I think if he comes back and plays like that guy I think they win this series but it's all dependent on Chris Paul and if he comes back and he actually himself or if he's just a completely different player and almost like a liability out there yeah for sure for sure it's gonna be interesting to see and 
don't know, it's been a problem for Chris Paul in his whole career and when it comes to the playoffs. We'll see if he can really overcome it, and I hope he does. I mean, I'm not the biggest Chris Paul fan, but it's hard to see a guy have injury after injury after injury every opportunity he has in the playoffs. So, sir, I'm not saying I'm rooting for the Suns, but this is their best opportunity. I know Chris Paul is at least healthy. I'll give I, I wish they had help upon it, so we'll see. I'll make the series a lot more interesting. Yeah, what do you think, man? What do you think? Man, I think Denver wins game five. I think Phoenix game six, I'm very confident Phoenix can win game six. I think it's the series is while well, I was the home team really has an advantage because of Denver has the altitude, and I don't think rural players aren't known to play well on the road. They're known to play better at home, and that's the key for Phoenix. So I think it's called, it goes seven, and game seven, is that's a tough one because in one game, Booker can just explode and win you a game. You really can. So Absolutely. Same with KD. I know KD hasn't played up to that level that people are used to. Hey, if it's game seven... I'm going to rock with Phoenix. I'm just saying it because they got the two. Denver here. I think in Denver's crucial, and they have nothing for Jokic. So, you know what? I'm going to go Phoenix. I don't trust it. I don't trust their guys, bro. I don't trust their guys. Murray's, I trust the guy. He has his moments, but in this series, I think Jokic, he really can take over a game. There's no one. He had 53 tonight. We're not even talking about it. I know, but it showed tonight. I mean, look at who else showed up. Hey, but at home, role players played better. I see Michael Porter stepping up. I see Jamal Murray playing. He didn't play bad. They'll play a little bit better. KCP has been in a big game and a big moment. He hit shots in big times. So I have faith in KCP. I have faith in the role players. Yeah, of course you do, because he was on the Lakers. And he took care of business, and we won a championship. But that was one, two, three years ago. It's not very long. He's not that old. He's still, he's still in his pride. He's still a good player. No, I'm not saying he's not. I don't know, man. I don't know. But let's move on, because we have... Well, it kind of was breaking news. It still kind of is. But yeah. the Bucks fired coach Mike Budenholzer. I would say this isn't necessarily a surprise. I mean, it kind of was, kind of wasn't, I feel like, because a lot of people were thinking it. But then a lot of people didn't think it was going to happen because of the, the news that came out about his brother and how he passed away in a car accident before game four. And that's kind of where a lot of the coaching and just the questionable decisions he had kind of came into play in game four and game five and those lack of adjustments. So I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. But what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think Bootenholzer really didn't have a good performance in these playoffs, but understandably why. I mean, his brother passed away during the series. That's very difficult, and I, I feel bad for him. But there's been this isn't the first time he has a coach. Well, I think they the Bucks have won a lot of games despite his coaching, not because of his coaching. I feel like he's had problems adjusting on the fly and not and adjusting a season. If you have the same game plan for game over game over game in the regular season, sometimes in the playoffs, you just do have to switch it up if you want to be successful. I think he failed to do so. But beyond that, when I look at the Bucks' future, I think there's a lot to worry about beyond just next season. I think next season might be the last chance the Bucks have to win a championship. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And kind of going off that, so then we got we go into their candidates. I mean, the top three are what seems to be their top three right now, but not really much has come out. This is kind of more speculation as of right now. Is first candidate, Charles Lee. He was on the Bucks coaching staff, an assistant coach, but it sounds like he's he's done interviews with the Detroit Pistons. He's a finalist there for getting that head coaching job. But obviously, you know, now that times have changed in Milwaukee, I don't know where he stands now with that. But then there's also Nick Nurse and Frank Vogel. So who do you think the Bucks should eye the most out of all? Maybe these three guys or if there's somebody else that comes to mind for you. I think 
the Bucks, they need to eye Nick Nurse. And I think Frank Vogel's a good second option. But I think what the Bucks need to be careful of is not only picking their coach, but finding a coach that wants to coach for them. Because I think a coach walks into this situation and sees a team that, I mean, Lo- Lopez is a free agent. Middleton has a player option, so he could be a free agent this season. He won't this season. Giannis only has two years left on his contract, and Holiday only has two years left on his contract. And did you see the report recently that Holiday said after his contract is going to want to retire? Or that could be something you would strongly consider? And with this new hard cap, it's only going to be harder to retain high high salary players and even harder to acquire new high salary players without diminishing any of your own. That's only going to become harder. And at the, the and that's why I think the owner of the Bucks sold the team. I think he sees down the line this team is going to, they don't have their picks. They just gave up five second round picks for Jay Crowder, who doesn't even have a role on the team anymore. So they don't have any, they don't have a lot of draft capital, no cap flexibility, and no way to replace you. Aging players who are also free agents. So I think in the next two to three years, this team can become very talent poor. And I think if I was a coach, I'd look at options like Detroit, where they have a lot of young and up and coming guys and really good draft picks to see how this lottery goes. If I mean, if Wembenyana ends up or Detroit ends up with the first pick, they could be a more appealing job than the Bucks as a whole. So the Bucks might have to pick as one to come to them and not who's available. That's interesting. Is there anyone out of the top three that you think could be? Like that comes to mind that could be a candidate for them, or is it just kind of these three guys right here? That's a tough question. I would say, man, I think Emini Doku would be a perfect fit, but I know Houston hired him. Yeah. That hurts. I think they should have. I don't think the Bucs would have done it. I don't think with their reputation, just with how the Bucs do things, I don't think they would kind of the controversy behind that. I don't think they would have, even though he probably would be the best coaching candidate, potentially. I don't like him and Nick Nurse. To go back and forth there, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah now that that's a good point. I think of these three. I think if you can't get Nurse, you should go for Vogel. I'd be surprised if Vogel is really jump. I think he is kind of the backup choice. I think that's the choice you guys can really settle on. And you could win games with him, and he, he's proven he go in a championship. But I think Nick Nurse may not want to go to the. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it breaks down. Yeah, no, there also were reports out of Toronto that said that. Part of the reason why they fired him was because he wanted to win now. Like, he thought Toronto should try to win now, try to get some, like, veterans for their bench. And 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 instead, Toronto's front office, they wanted to develop their young guys more, Scotty Barnes, guys like that, and continue looking towards the future when Nurse wanted to win now. So I think this job for Nurse as well, for him personally, would be a great fit. And the Bucs, I think, need a guy like him because I think on the offensive side down the stretch, he can draw up a lot better plays, more creative plays that teams haven't seen before that the Bucs, like the Bucs needed that down the stretch against Miami and they just didn't get that. It seemed like it was almost like give it to Middleton or give it to Giannis. And if that's not working, we're just screwed. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Nick Nurse has been a very good coach for a while. I remember this year, earlier this year, when the Raptors played the Lakers. I know I'm talking about the Lakers, but I watched a lot of their games, so I happened to see the Raptors play them. <laughs> the first time this season I've seen someone, when Anthony Davis was, was in a rhythm, he, he it was the first one to hard, very hard double-team Anthony Davis and completely leave someone open and just have an like extreme all-out double-team, which is the first time I've seen that coverage all year. And Nick Nurse was willing to make that adjustment in the regular season, and it was very effective. I think that was the first game Anthony Davis really had one of those weird eight-point games in the middle of a 25-point stretch. And that was Nick Nurse. I was coaching. I was adjusting. And that's what the butts have lacked. So 
I agree with your point. I think Dick Nurse would be a good fit. I'm just not sure if he's if he could see two or three years down the line if he's willing to take this job. Because I know it is win now for year one and two, but a coach doesn't want to change job every two or three years. That will hurt their reputation. So I, I, I think Detroit I think Detroit's only two years away from winning. They have Bogdanovich. Keep coming to him didn't even play this year. Jaden Ivey's growing. If this pick is one through five, we'll have an elite scoring talent. They have options, and not to mention James Wiseman and Sadiq Bay, or excuse me, not Sadiq Bay. Who's that center? I'm blanking on his. Oh, Jalen Duren. Yes, yes, Jalen Duren. I've heard great things about. He's only 19. Exactly. He has a lot of talent. He really does. So, depending on how this draft lottery goes, I think Detroit's. They have a better. They have got. It's two or three years away from really being a contender. Yeah. No, I just think the Bucks job. I mean, you win it if you can win a title. I mean, let's not. I'm. I'm hopeful. The second one, but uh, we'll uh, let's just win one first. But if he wins one, I mean, that's still appealing to Giannis, I think, because if he win a title in the next year or two before his contract's up, I think he's like, okay, I can, I'll stay here, especially depending on the Middleton situation and the Sully situation. Yeah, but I think if you're winning, it, unless it's like the Bulls, like the you know when the Jordan and they just the front office just wanted like I don't think that's going to be the case, but if Middleton is not the same player as he was because he's proven to start diminishing. Lopez is very old, not to mention a free agent. I think at best you get two more years of this at best. Can Giannis attract a star? Because when you think about it, they're going to need a guy. So do you think? I think there is possible they can get a a solid star to come in with the free agency, but they will have to lose Middleton, Lopez, and Holiday to be able to afford a star. So to get that star, they're going to lose a lot of what their team already has. And I don't think the star will replace what they lose. Because the NBA right now is about depth. I think they're going to lose their depth to get a, maybe a B-list star, someone that can average 22, 23 a game. Maybe a DeJounte Murray type of player. Not, you're not going to get an A-list starter from the Milwaukee. That's not really realistic. And that could push Giannis out of Milwaukee. That's the case. Yeah. Well, that's a very good point. I don't know. We'll see what happens here with the box. I'm, I'm praying it's Nick Nurse, but we'll see. Usually... The way this year has gone, I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't end up being him. But we'll see what happens there. Let's move on now to the Lakers-Warriors series. The Lakers just took a 2-1 lead over the Warriors. What are your initial thoughts? Because I know you got a lot to say, Matt. Man, this was a weird game. It really was. To start the game, the Lakers, D'Angelo still came out hitting shots, playing great. Then all of a sudden, the Warriors went on this run. And they kept on, it seemed like an extended run. It really went on for 6-10 to 10 minutes. And they went up 11. It was 40-29 to 29 early in the second quarter. I was a little worried there. I'm not going to lie. It, it was uh, a little scary. It felt like that was the way game two was going. But all of a sudden, the Lakers really engaged on defense. And Anthony Davis stopped getting in that drop coverage. Stopped letting Clay just roll off the screens. He started pressuring up. And he really is equipped to have be so effective pressuring the ball screen when you're, the, when you're guard or screener. Because he has such long arms. I, I saw three or four times he overcommitted to the guard. But he was able to get deflections and break up an open opportunity to the big because he was so he's just so gifted on the defensive end. And I think when he has that energy, when he has that effort, the Lakers' defense is extremely hard to score on. So I think that's what really changed the game. And then they got in transition, then they got fouled, and it just really fell into their place. I think game four is going to be a lot harder. But if Anthony Davis, I don't need his offense because I think he's proven to beat every other game with that. That's fine. But if he can consistently give me that defense, I think the Lakers have a great chance because I think LeBron found a rhythm last game that I haven't seen him in a while. I think Reeves is due for a bounce back game, and D'Angelo Russell has been in a great rhythm. So if he can keep this up, maybe he gives us 12, 11, and four blocks, I think we really are in a good shape to 
win a close game for it because the Warriors are going to come out to play because three to one is not a situation you want to be in. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you're down two games to LeBron, the way his career has gone, you're probably not going to win that series. So no one ever asked. So. Exactly, exactly. So we'll see what happens there. I personally think that the Warriors will win game four. I think in game three, there was way too many self-conflicted errors. I think the technicals, just the complaining, I think they just got to play basketball. Draymond needs to get back to just playing basketball as well. I think there's a little bit too much complaining, focus on the refs, because they were, like you said, up 40 to 29, it was, you said? Yes. So I've never... It was watching the game, too. It looked like this was going to go in the Warriors' direction. And then all of a sudden, it you know, felt that way. The momentum was really heavy in their favor. And you could just feel it in the crowd. It almost like they just took the life out of it. And then the Lakers just took it right back. So they had it for a second. They couldn't keep their foot on the pedal. They just could keep going for, I think, until halftime. I think they could have blown out. Yeah, and LeBron didn't even shoot a jump shot or any type of field goal in the first minutes. In Exactly. So I don't know what was up with that. Maybe you're just trying to get his guys the ball, but you got to shoot the ball if you're arguably the best player. I mean, Anthony Davis has been the best player on the team. The explanation was D'Angelo Russell had it going. He had, I mean, he had four, I think it was four rebounds, four assists during that pass. So he's still very active. And honestly, I don't have a problem with it. If D'Angelo Russell is hitting shots, you just let him go because the Lakers are a much better team when he's hot. It's really night and day. I think the Lakers are still undefeated when he has 15 or more points. And all their losses when he has less than 15 points. That's a stat that's really staggering. I mean, he's done it more than he's not. We've won more games to a loss. But when D'Angelo Russell comes to play, the Lakers are really difficult to beat because he gives them that true shooting that they don't have from anyone else. I think the Warriors, they're, they're got Thompson, Poole, and Wiggins. They played about as bad. I'm, I mean, I know Wiggins had that dunk. That, that was crazy. That was crazy. But besides that, I mean... Wiggins in their run last year really played a big role, and he needs to continue playing at that level if they want to win this series. Poole, I mean, Poole, he'll either you'll know, like, he's part of the game. Half the time when in some of these games, I don't even know if the dude's out there. I'm like, is this guy even playing tonight, or did he just decide to sit out? Like, the way it seems to go for him. I mean, he had five points. Like, for for getting paid, how old, do you know his contract? He's a max contract. Max contract. 40 million a year. That's what I'm saying. And you're playing like you're just a role player, the way he's playing. Like, he'll have a game or two. Not even a role player. He's not just assisting. He really is. He's two over nine. Gives you bad defense. And he had four turnovers. He's careless. Careless with the ball, too. He, he's, he was killed on that night. Really? No. All the role players. Like, yeah, Wiggins, Thompson, and Poole need to step up. Along with Draymond. I know Draymond doesn't score much, but he's just got to – Focus more on the game and not the refs, and because I think that got kind of got to his head too. It's a stand of foul trouble too, because that actually that's like of, that takes you that takes a rhythm away. And then there's that Looney Davis matchup. Davis just eats that up. So absolutely, they have no one for him. If he just puts his head down and has an aggressive, confident move, they can't guard him. Yeah, and I don't think yeah you could say okay Curry only had 23 points, nine of 21 from the field, four of 10 from three. That's not you know Curry's standards. But you got to realize when you're watching this game, guys, that the Lakers, their whole focus, they'll double team Curry like almost all the time or their main focus is on Curry. So guys like Thompson, Wiggins, and Poole, if you don't step up, you're not going to win this game. Like Draymond could even uh, 
get a couple of buckets, it doesn't matter because the Lakers are so good defensively and offensively that times they're good offensively. There's times where they're not. But the Lakers are a good enough basketball team where they're going to win the game if Thompson, Poole, and Wiggins aren't going to show up. So I think this series will come down to those three guys. And if they don't step up in these next couple of games, the Lakers potentially win this in five if they really don't want to step up. I don't I don't see that. It won't happen because I know Thompson's going to come to play. Poole, no idea. Wiggins, we'll see. Draymond will. Draymond will, and he'll make sure he has those guys running. I think game five, if they lose, I think it's game four is up in the air. I think game five, unless the Lakers lose this game, if they if the Warriors drop game four, they're winning game five. I can almost hit that and stop. There's no way LeBron and AD come out. But you saw it last series. It's going to be one of those games that it's just going to be ugly, hard to watch. But game six is going to be where they really go for it. When you say game four for the Lakers, because if the Warriors win, it's 2-2 going back. To yes. Going back. Well, it's San Francisco now. Wow, that's weird. It should be Oakland. Didn't have... Yeah. Is this almost a must-win game for the Lakers? I don't think it's a must-win, but I think it's it's not the same situation as game two. This isn't a, oh, we lose, we're still in a good spot. We, if we lose, the Warriors are in a good spot. But I do think even if we lose, I think game five, AD is going to come to play. So I think we'll give us a chance in that game. But this is close to a must win. I think this is one. If you win this game, you win the series. I think it's that simple. And if you lose it, it's up in the air and it's in the, the tough spot. Because I think the Lakers would win game six. And you put LeBron in a game seven, I'm not going to bet against him. So either way, you want to win in six. You want to conserve energy for next series. And you just want and you want to keep home court. That game four is big. You want to, you don't want to lose a road game when you're already the only have three home games. You don't want to lose a home game. So game four is close to a must win, not quite. What do you think? You think it's a must win? I'm almost going with yeah, because I think the way the Warriors are at home, and I know, yes, in the King series, they they proved to win on the road. But I think, yeah, like if the Warriors pull this out, I mean they could just win the road games and it's over. They don't even have to win or their road games or home games. It's a game seven. That's a different that's a different beast. Yes, but I don't know if we're getting the best Bron because I think that foot injury, I think that's playing a factor. And I think you can see uh, not really driving to the hoops. So if he's not hitting his jump shots, that's it's a little it gets a little interesting, I think. That's true, but I do think we get the best AD in game seven because there's no there's no way he doesn't come into that game amped up. That's going to be a game that pushes him, and that's going to be a game where I think he comes to play. Plus, if the if the every other game keeps going that way, plays bad game four, good game five, bad game six, good game seven. If it gets to seven, he's due for a good game because he's consistently followed this pattern. So it's it's, it's interesting, but yeah, no, I don't know because you can just tell Bron doesn't got that first step. No, no. he doesn't. He doesn't have that explosion off the dribble. He doesn't have it. He's still a very, very, very good player. I think he's a really effective. And he's been shooting the ball better of late. His jumper does. But he just can't beat people off the dribble. How he was earlier this season. It's not an age thing. It's an injury thing. His foot is bothering him. Because I saw three or four months ago, he was blown by guys, dunking on guys. He was doing everything he normally does. But Yeah, I think it's just like if we get in the next season and he gets an offseason to recovery, he'll be fine. I think he'll be back to averaging 27 and maybe a little less with this team because they'll have left shots, but I think he'll look as explosive as ever. So, yes. But I still think with Emo at the 70% LeBron, the Lakers going it off. I just think the NBA is really weak this year. And him as your number two, the way he's playing, he's still probably a top 10 player in his playoffs, even playing like this because he's 
just consistently rebounding the ball really well, facilitating. It'll give you 23 a game consistently. So, Absolutely. Now let's just touch on quick before we wrap it up here, this Celtics Sixers series. What are your initial thoughts on this series? Because I, I have a little bit to say, but I'll I'll let you take the floor first. I think game four was fantastic today. One of the best games of these playoffs. But I'll be shocked. I'll be absolutely shocked if Boston loses this series. Because Philly, they just give me the they give me the Clippers of the East. Uh, I have no trade in you closing out games. And it's not a coincidence Doc Rivers has been on both of those teams. I'm just yeah. uh, I'm just saying. That's not a coincidence. The, I just don't trust Philly to close games out. And I think Boston at six, maybe seven. Because Philly's playing well at home, and if Harden gives them one more big game, they can really win that game. But man, today they're a half a second away from losing. It's good. If, if, they, if, they, if Tatum dribbled, initiated that offense on that last play one second sooner, this could be a whole different conversation. Absolutely. I think if Harden doesn't have to put up 45, but if we can get a 30 point, 35 point Harden for two more games. Philly might be in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's all I'm going to say. It's possible. If Harden can do that, and that's all I'm going to say. He's the X Factor. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, I appreciate you guys for joining us. Make sure to tune in to the next episode Thursday. 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 Yep. So make sure to tune in then as well. Thank you guys again for 